Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vadawanker. And I'm Kenton Larson. Welcome back. Welcome back, Kenton. <laughs> Thank you, Welcome Cotter. back, Kenton. That's the name of that show. Welcome back, Cotter. It's the reboot. I don't even know what network this is on, but they're bringing it back because that's all they're doing. Are they? Is. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you believed it for a second. Oh, my God. Why wouldn't they? They're bringing back Magnum P.I. They're bringing back Murphy Brown. Why okay. wouldn't they bring back Welcome Back Cotter? If they remade Cotter, if they rebooted it for today, who would play Cotter? Oh, man. I want to say Eugene Levy because he kind of looks like the guy who's was uh, Cotter. Well, <laughs> he played Gabe Kaplan in many sketches. Right, right. In fact, including a Welcome Back Cotter parody. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know who else. If you wanted to get a younger person like he is in the... In the show, Who I would can't. would it be? Ah, jeez. Jason Silverman? <laughs> it's be... Milo Ventimiglia. Uh, the guy from uh, This Is Us. I don't know who that who is. Who would play the uh, J- um, John Travolta character? <laughs> this is tough. We should do this every week. Recasting old shows. Yeah. Gabe. Who would play Gabe Kaplan? It's Oh, boy. It's tough. Anyway. There's no young modern day comic. Oh, I know. Uh, Jerry D. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that we've kind of lost the art of the uh, the classroom comedy. We used to have yeah. tons of them, like uh, head, of, head of the Class. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, and, and now there doesn't seem to be any. But you just brought up Mr. D, which is, of course, a Canadian classroom comedy. Canadian classroom. I've only seen a few episodes of, and uh, and he and wasn't for me. but He has carved out a niche for himself as stand-up comic for every teacher's convention for the rest of his life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's set. Yeah. He used to have a sh- a shtick he did about banks, I remember, and I do believe CIBC when I worked there. Oh no, that would have been too early. I think CB- CIBC probably after I worked there brought him in as a corporate entertainer. Oh I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, like all you need as a comedian these days is jokes about an industry, and then that industry will bring you in, and I you can make a few bucks. Isn't off that how of- Mike Bullard makes his living now, or does he still do that? Wow, that's a good question. That's a, that's a deep He's a dive. corporate comic? Well, he was. Uh, he Back in the day when he was doing his ill-fated Canadian talk show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> worst choice ever for a Canadian talk show host. Well, that, I'm glad you said so because my cousin is the one who hired him. My oh, cousin who was, sorry, then, sorry that, who was sorry. then president of whatever the hell that was. Comedy Network? Um, no, it was the it was Sony and how did that work? Oh, right. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, no. No. He, in fact, pardon me. He was president of Global, and he poached Mike Bullard from the Comedy Network because he was going to host the big Global show, oh, yeah. and then that show was a bust. So in a way, he did a great service to all of Canada. <laughs> and so my, my my only question is, couldn't he have done that with Ben Mulroney? <laughs> he poached him, yes. fired him. Yes. Let's do it. That, Let's that make it helpful. happen. Boy, when, the way, these Canadian references, oh boy. They're going over the head of all of our American listeners yeah. and all of our listeners from around the Except world. Except for Welcome Back, Cotter. Well, we had course. him with that. But, uh, well, maybe not now that you've said that, but I was going to say uh, it might be worth looking at the uh, past failed Canadian talk show attempts because we've never really had a Tonight Show or any type of uh, uh, late show equivalent uh, in Canada, just because. Mm-hmm. But not that, not for lack of trying, because people have tried to do it. it might yeah. be fun to take Ralph a look ben at that. Ralph Ben remember that guy? <laughs> the hour with with uh, George Stromalopoulos. Yeah, there's yeah. A, yeah for sure, and there was uh, and oh boy, boy was he a suck up. <laughs> and um, more than Jimmy Fallon. More than Jimmy Fallon. He he had a coach. He was like Arsenio, like at his absolute suck up worst. He was a Greek Arsenio, 
sucking up to, uh, and, and it was even worse because it was a Canadian host sucking up to oftentimes American entertainers. Yes. And it was like, oh, I'm just so happy to have this person on my show, an actual non-Canadian celebrity that I am just going to lean forward and soak it up no matter what they say. <laughs> Like sunshine. So anyway, not, not to get off that, but um, this was just our off the top band. Yes, yes, be- and uh, because there's never been a worse time to be a teacher. You because got it. it is back to school time. Yeah, starting this is next the most week. Wonderful time of the year. We are back to work here. Uh, we are getting ready. We've just had our uh, our biannual staff meeting where we uh, got some lovely uh, some lovely food, <laughs> some really good. Actually, those those uh, ham and cheese croissants were awesome from Stella's. Very oh. very good. Shout out to Stella's. Um, sponsors, please. I and- will. I never eat uh, the corporate b- uh, blood <laughs> blood buffet. I call it blood buffet. There's a horrible price to be paid if you eat that buffet. You then owe somebody something. As Donald Trump and the National Enquirer prove, right. you never do someone a favor because that's only the start of where all the favors begin, and you are then beholden to them. That's as true. the vault at the National Enquirer proves. <laughs> Uh, so we are back here. Uh, it's been a while since yeah. we've had our podcast, um, and there's going to be some changes coming to the podcast, which we'll talk about at the end of the yeah. show. But uh, yeah, I thought that it would be nice today to kind of sum up our summers and talk about what we've watched and or consumed, in, as far as media is concerned, over our summer vacations. So uh, that's our main topic for today. But before we get into that... Nerdy. What is this, you ask? A reboot? Let's see if you can call it. It's a bit of a... <laughs> this is the trouble with YouTube. You you bring up a clip and then there's always an intro. There we go. Michael... Jackson Thriller? That's right. It's it's like flowing down the screen so why, like blood. Why, why are you making me watch this? Why do you think? <laughs> you know the anniversary the of the video? It's not. Oh, because this album has been outsold. I just want to listen to it now. One of my least favorite artists has been eclipsed by another of my least favorite bands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so the story here, of course, is that uh, uh, Thriller, which was the best-selling yeah. album of all time, has been outsold by none other than uh, a greatest hits, the Eagles' greatest hits, which is kind of ridiculous that it's the greatest hits album. Can you compare a greatest hits to an album sale? No, like, you cannot. I, it should be a different chart. It absolutely should be. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Um, but I guess they're just going. You know what? It is? It's strict record sales. There, there's no other way to measure this. There's no discernment here. It's, it's just that album has sold more than this album. And it's funny that it's still a really, really old album. It's not like yeah. a current. It's not like well, that's uh, who buys uh, albums. Uh, Cardi B or, <laughs> or anything like that. Cardi B. That's my that's my current reference is Cardi, Cardi B. Cardi B outsold Thriller. Now that's that right. I would like to see. That's <laughs> never gonna happen. What's a phrase you'll never hear as long as you live? So yeah, I just thought it was interesting. This and of course this is I, I think this is last week's news, but you know we haven't done the podcast in a while. I just thought it was worth noting. We don't talk about music. Well, you talk about music fairly often but i don't and mm-hmm. i thought it was kind of interesting to yeah. note that it's the greatest hits uh, um i i don't like the eagles i'll mm-hmm. admit that i'm not a fan uh hotel california like grates on me when i hear it it's just one of those songs you hear so much this summer as a matter of fact i challenged myself as a as for like for years i've said i just don't see what's good about the eagles so i bought hotel california and you i was buy like the greatest hits of course i did not <laughs> 
And I was like, I, you know, if Hotel California is the greatest moment, and and that is confirmed by Rolling Stone's record guide. Everything I saw was like, Hotel California is really the one you need. And so I bought it, and I played it, and played it, and played it. I did not like it at all at first, and, how, it, so and I, I sort of, I, I sort of came around to it. How can you keep listening to an album that you don't like? Often, those are the ones you like most over time. If really? You don't, yeah, the growers are the ones that you, you just, just put it on in the background and just do yeah, stuff. right. That's how you start. Yeah. You do that to start with, then you, um, then you play it while you're reading a book or something. You're like, oh, you start noticing some stuff, and then like after like six or seven times, you know the album. But you need, you need to play it six or seven times. So I did that, and it's it is not a bad album. I will I'll say it's a good album. Even it's is it a is it one of the best albums? No, I wouldn't say it's one of the best albums, but it's good and it's of its day. But uh, but uh, one of the things that sort of surprised me was the degree to which it's Don Henley's band. Oh yeah, I I like he's the drummer who sings, and so I just assumed um, the drummer who sings can never lead a band, but except for the band. <laughs> but I was like, I, I, I just don't, I, I, I just didn't really know that about the Eagles. That, I've always thought that. To what degree that. he controlled that band. No, that's always been my impression had, of the band, for sure. He had sure. Glenn Frey. Frey yeah, Joe Walsh. Yeah, yeah, all uh, those guys. Yeah, and um, Timothy B. Schmidt. <laughs> he had a bunch of guys in there. Um, the and, far, Forgotten Eagle. And uh, although he had a hit, when I was a kid, he had a hit with uh, Playing It Cool. That's a right, summertime, summertime. Uh, oh, it's great. I'm looking at the clock. And in school, and if I could only get the hell out of here, I could uh, have fun. That's uh, when, in the genre of I, I can't wait for school to end for the summer songs. <laughs> um, like school's out for summer. Right. But, but so I do like, I, I, the, you know, the takeaway is, yeah, I got, I got myself to like that Eagles album. It's a good album for sure. Hmm. But I will never, I don't think I'd ever buy another album. I wouldn't buy the greatest hits. My, is I, it better than Thriller? Um, I'm, I've been, I was not really ever a fan of Thriller. Okay. I, I'm a Prince guy. Well, like, but back in the day, it was Prince versus Michael Jackson. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I never felt that. Oh, for I sure. I liked them both. Oh, no, no. It was Prince versus Michael Jackson. That was, you had to choose a side. It's like Star Wars versus Star Trek. Right. You must. Coke you, or Pepsi. Right. You had to choose a side. It was not even, there wasn't even a question you could like both. It was like, you had to reject one and love the other. And I was in Team Prince. Okay. Like, to me, there was no contest at all. That, that Prince was better than Michael Jackson. But and then all the Vanity Fair articles came out about Michael Jackson being a pedophile, and but which, by the way, are completely worth reading even now. Every year I, I, I let my students know, I'm like, oh, really? You're worried? The Me Too movement and everything? Oh, you're wor- if you're worried about stuff, please allow me to ruin Michael Jackson for you, his songs for you, <laughs> by uh, you going onto Vanity Fair and reading those articles. And they're, uh, one of them is called The Lost Boys of Neverland, I think. But you read those articles and you're like, Michael Jackson never would have survived the Me Too movement. No, he wouldn't have. no. And I, now that I'm, I'm watching older movies and older TV shows, and I notice things in them that I'm like, this would never, you'd never be able to get away with this stuff these mm-hmm. days. It's just like what cla- I can't think of anything offhand, but I, I remember um, like in the content itself. Or? Oh no, it was an episode of Friends I was watching, uh, mm-hmm. and Joey. There was an episode of Friends in which Joey. Gets the part of the uh, Dr. Drake and Ramora in Days of Our Lives. But in order to get the part, he has to sleep with the casting agent. <gasps> that is that is the story. And he does. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does it. Yes. That's, well, he does. He, at first, he's like, I don't know if I want to get the part that way. And it's not about my talent. It's about this. And then he said no. And then the casting agent came back and said, wait, I have a bigger part to offer you. <laughs> and so then he sleeps with her to get the part. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that would fly now. You can you can do that story now. Intra- you know what? That's funny that you mentioned that because there's an episode of Get a Life with Chris Elliott where Chris Elliott 
and and where the band Handsome Boy Modeling School got its name was from this episode where Chris Elliott joins the Handsome Boy Modeling School. Of course, he's a grown adult, but he and grows, he's not that handsome. And, and they no, but but the the conceit of the show is he's auditioning for this, and they go, "Oh, you're doing really well. Would you mind taking off your shirt?" And he goes, "Okay," and he starts he starts crying, and they play it for laughs as he takes off his shirt and his pot belly is hanging out and everything else, and he's like, "I don't like what you're doing to me," and they actually play that for laughs. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. No, you couldn't. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be considered joke material anymore i don't think no although um i thought uh deadpool too having just seen it did some stuff that was some some good takes on the modern world that uh, that i was happy to we'll talk about that uh are still satirical we both watched that film over the summer so we'll talk about that in a few minutes um next story in the nerd news uh netflix is making some changes to its talk show content uh it's canceled two shows uh Mm. the break with michelle wolf and the joel McHale show with joel McHale are both canceled but yet now it's adding a new one to join david letterman is chelsea handler still have a show on on netflix or is that done I've seen the new I episode. I watched in a while. one episode and I was done. Yeah, me so too. I, but I, 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 I don't mean, know. She's got a fan base. So you would assume that they might be making more. Anyway, um, I never watched the break with Michelle Wolf. I did watch the Joel McHale show and I quite enjoyed it. But I guess the numbers are not high enough for them to consider renewing it. I loved the Joel McHale show. Um, uh, last week, Jay Leno said on the WTF podcast that he loves Michelle Wolf. He gave her. A glowing endorsement and was like, I love seeing comedians having fun when they tell jokes. And that was probably the kiss of death for her was Jay Leno <laughs> saying something Once nice. Jay about Leno her. endorses you, you're done. Yeah, that, the, that means Conan O'Brien is proof of that. That means now he's hosting that show, right? Based that's right. That's story. right. He had to come back. Right. Um, but, and she also, of course, hosted this year's White House Correspondence Dinner and she's kind of made a name for herself. It looked to me like another Daily Show clone, which is why mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. I, didn't, I mean, there's enough of those shows on tv that i guess netflix wanted to jump on that that mm. bandwagon as well and i was not just not interested in another show like that weekend uh, update style yeah news. yeah news and, and yeah. i mean we have obviously the daily show and and last week tonight and samantha b and there's enough of those shows out there that i don't know i just didn't seem it to i mean even even obviously um, i'm not alone not a lot, of, a lot of people watched it even seth what's his name does his news? rogan uh, no seth no. mcfarland no seth no. green no seth uh there's so many seths <laughs> Late night. Myers. Seth Myers. Myers. Oh my Thank God. you very much. That's who could be Cotter. We're bringing it back. <laughs> he could be a good Cotter. The other with part a of wig the story. and a giant Groucho mustache. That's right. That's right. He'd he be could hilarious. Be good. Yeah. Uh, is that Norm Macdonald has a new show coming to Netflix? It's a talk show format. Norm Macdonald show. I don't remember. They're, they're so unoriginal with these names. Um, and that's going to be starting, I think, next month in September. So are you excited mm-hmm. about that one? Uh, like to be determined. Right. I, in theory, I am, but uh, but uh, I was I was actually excited about the Chelsea Handler talk show, and it was just it didn't work. Just every every decision they made on that show was a bad decision. It shows you like how easy it is to wreck a talk show or wreck a comedian. And so with Norm Macdonald, um, I hope the quality control was there. I hope it's not just let's throw this together and see what happens what do you think of the idea of this show kind of show being on netflix because um you know it's with the joel McHale show and i think with michelle wolf they were released on a weekly basis it was not although that final season of joel McHale was just dumped all at once yeah and i didn't think that worked as well i preferred watching it every week at a certain time sundays it came out sundays yeah so every sunday so along with 
you know, uh, last week tonight in Game of Thrones or whatever mm-hmm. I was watching on Sunday, I would also make time to watch the show on Netflix. And it's not not quite appointment television because you still have some sort of choices to when to watch it, mm-hmm. but you know it's going to be there on a Sunday. Do you think that's a great good idea for Netflix? Yeah, I do, but I don't want every show that way. No, there's some shows I like to I like I like some shows weekly, and I like some shows just like the whole season. And I don't want them to get into the appointment television problem that regular TV has, right? Which is it's hard to sustain over time, over time and breaks. Some some shows are better to be to binge, and I found that yeah. this this summer as well. Um, I've already talked about the Expanse on uh, previous episodes, so it's not going to be included in my things I watched over the summer because I kind of watched mm-hmm. it in may uh but the expanse was a great show to binge it really mm-hmm. was and i had no problem just moving on to the next episode but there are other shows where i'm like ah, i'm just gonna just gonna take a break well i like to savor better call saul every, yeah, every monday yeah, I, right. but i savor it i savor shot after shot where i'm like oh look at the time they put into this thing and better call saul is a slow burn where you're like wow that's whoa you want it to percolate you want to think about it for a week Whereas if I think I just – Better Call Saul is on Netflix. I think if I watched it there, binging it would actually hurt my enjoyment of the show somewhat. I wouldn't savor it as much as yeah. I do. Yeah, I agree. So, so I think, yeah, I think some shows are better savored once uh, once a week and others are, are better as a, as, a, as a binge. But there's some shows that I cannot binge. You can't make it through more than a couple episodes. I'm watching El Chapo right now. Okay. You can't make it through – and subtitles – uh, I, I, subtitles don't bother me, but that's a show where even though you know what happens, each show is pretty dense. Like it's full of stuff that happens, and you it's hard to watch more than a couple in a row. Like you're just like, okay, now where is he now? Which prison is this? Like what's happening? Did he dig the tunnel? Did is he that, not is dig that a, Is that a Netflix show? Yeah. So, it's designed, so yeah, that's another thing I think when they're making these shows, they have to try and take that into account because most of these older shows are built for network television where yeah. they're only supposed to air weekly and they're really designed to be consumed one week at a time. And and, yeah. thing. and I, I mean, with, certainly with Lost, back when Lost was on the air, I binged the first three seasons I think of Lost mm-hmm. on DVD. My friend lent them to me on DVD. And then I started watching it on TV, and I actually started to quite enjoy waiting the week because there was some anticipation to it. Yeah. Um, but this is all kind of getting off topic. We were talking about the talk content. I also noticed there's a note here in this article on Variety about um, comedians and cars getting coffee, which is another show I think works better on a week-to-week basis. I don't think that worked very well as a binge. Well, there's two problems with it. One, it, one is that, that it, it works doesn't work as well as a binge. The second problem is... We have returning comedians. Oh yeah, that was a bad to idea. To a show to, on a show where he there's a million comedians he still has not had on the show. A million comedians. Yeah, and he's only done yeah. a few seasons, and there's only a few episodes yeah. per season. So it's not like he's hitting a hundred episodes and no. he's running out of people. There are so many people, and plus he had that weird YouTuber on that one time. I think oh, just that to was... make his daughter happy or something. I don't know why yeah. he brought, he brought that person on. She has a show on Netflix now. That whoever that she is. does. Yes, yeah. I don't know who that. I remember her name, but yeah, yeah. she does have a show on Netflix with uh, Kenny Powers' uh, partner in crime from that show. Who's uh, the actor whose name I always forget? Okay. But the guy who played his like weaselly friend is on right. That show. Yeah, 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 I remember him. Yeah, interesting. Uh, final story in the nerd news today on um, Amazon. This is a kind of a rumor, uh, not confirmed yet. But Amazon is in the running to acquire Landmark Cinemas. 
Is that your former employer? Was that Landmark at the time? It wasn't Landmark no. at the time. That was owned by Cineplex at the okay. time. Okay. Uh, yeah. So now your former workplace, the Town Cinema here yeah. in Winnipeg, is owned by Landmark Theatres. Yeah. And uh, and it's a small – in Canada, it's the smaller – I imagine it's a smaller chain everywhere. It's a fairly small uh, theatre chain. But I think it's very interesting that Amazon is looking to acquire a movie theatre chain. Yeah, because – well, I think part of that has to do with you can only get Oscar nominations if your show runs. Is that right? Movie. I think so. Oh, stupid. So they'll just sh- – But that's going to ch- – that, there's up. only a matter of time before that goes away. Probably. But they, but they – but my guess is it'll be the Amazon cinema. They'll show all their whatever. Their original yeah. I think that's a good idea, and I and think there's a place for And then they'll all get Oscar nominations. Well, I don't care about the Oscar Instead nominations. Instead of Emmys. But I think that, and I don't know, has Amazon even made any original films? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. That's right. The one that did get Oscar nominations. Yeah, it did. With Affleck, right? What was that one? The Casey Affleck one. Um, uh, yeah. Right? With the Boston? Yeah. With the Boston and the kid and the blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Ano- Whatever. Yeah, another one in the long line of Boston, gritty if Boston murder Affleck, mysteries. If it stars in Affleck, it's set in Boston. Either in Affleck or... Uh, um, uh, Wahlberg. Those I always, are the two names you know that's going to be in Boston. I get that movie mixed up. Clint Eastwood did the Boston um, a murder movie, too. He directed it. I can't think of the name of it now. The one where Tim Robbins acts guilty for the whole movie. and But he turns out he's not guilty. I don't know end. which one you're talking about. Shoot. It was an Oscar nominee. I can't think of it now. But I always get – there's so many of those movies I can't actually – Mystery Lake? Is that what it was called? Mystery Lake? Something Lake? Mystic Lake? Mystic Lake? Was Mystic. it Mystic Lake? Mystic Pizza? Was it Mystic Pizza? <laughs> was it two, two guys, a girl, and a pizza place? That's right. Was that, that was it? A, starring Ryan Reynolds. Mystic River. Mystic, Mystic River. <laughs> so there is a Mystic River and a Mystic Pizza movie. There is. Oh, for the oh, love man, of God. They need to tie that in. It's going to be the Mystic Cinematic Universe, and uh, we're going to have every type of Mystic movie you can think of. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, and so what was the Casey Affleck movie oh was i that, looked that up too yeah Jeez. let's get let's just let's please solve this problem that's the one we should remember because it was more recently but more recent and i like that one uh where is it despite allegations this was um oh this was yeah because he's had allegations against him as far as sexual abuse right uh why can't i see what it is manchester by the sea manchester by the sea and Mystic Lake. Gee, why couldn't we remember Oh, I didn't that? know this. He was nominated for the assassination of Jesse James. I worked with him yeah. on that film. Did you? I did. You were I was, on? I was as close as you and I to Casey Affleck on that film. Well, my I, scenes were all cut. I saw Brad Pitt shoot a scene right. down uh, out of my classroom window. That was that was an exciting day. Those Smoke machines blowing. <laughs> it was amazing. But um, but uh, blah, blah, blah. Manchester by the Sea is the better of the two films, I would say. I don't think I've ever seen Manchester by the Sea, actually. I was not, I don't know, I just didn't get around to it. Acting's better, story's better. Okay. Mystic River. Well, Sean Penn's in Mystic River, and he does a great job in that. I love Sean Penn. In that. Uh, but no. that's the movie where it's like, Tim Robbins breaks acts down, guilty. He's like, in the middle of that court, like, he's like, yeah. people are holding him back. That's right. like, there's some real emotion there. But Tim All Robbins right. is guilty the whole movie, and then then he's not guilty, but is, but they beat him up or something, and they're like, why? Oh, but he's not guilty. It's like, well, why was he acting so guilty? So frustrating film. Yeah. What were uh, you talking about? Amazon Cinemas. Yeah. So I think that uh, what it's gonna what's gonna end up being is if they do buy the chain is that um, they're gonna screen their films there. I think it's mm-hmm. good. I think that uh, it cuts out the middleman, right? So we, we mm-hmm. could go to see like for example, I know I know Jack Ryan is a 
is a series, but if there was a movie, a Jack Ryan movie that looked really good, and the only way I could see it was to go to the theater, I might go see it in the theater. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is, and it's also kind of a neat teaser. They can use it as an opportunity to, to tease their other content, show previews for the other stuff on Amazon, and try to drive sales as far as their Amazon Prime service, which is mm-hmm. what where all this stuff airs. So I think it's cool. I like I, I, what it does is it still validates the movie theater experience, which I still like, but have issues with, and we'll probably get into that today. Um, I just you know it, it's still something that's valuable to do, uh, but just not as valuable as it once was. I don't know. Yeah, no, it it isn't. It's and uh, uh, likewise, like we were talking about waiting for the next episode of a TV show, which is almost an antiquated notion, but going to movies almost almost seems the it's, same. It just, uh, yeah. Okay, we'll get into it. I'll, I'll save it for the main discussion yeah. because I have some issues with that as well. All right, that's going to do it for the Nerd News. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about what we watched or listened to or read over our summer vacation. The very first Manitoba Podcast Festival goes down International Podcast Day, Sunday, September 30th, 12 to 4 p.m. at the Park Theatre. Manitoba's podcast community gathers for an afternoon of networking, education, and so much more, featuring local podcast hosts, producers, radio personalities, taking part in panel discussions, and Q&As. Take part in this fantastic networking opportunity. You can like us on Facebook at Manitoba Podcast Festival. Tickets are just $5. The very first Manitoba Podcast Festival, Sunday, September 30th at the Park Theater. Fuck it. It's showtime. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Fucking hero. You're just a clown. Dressed up as a sex toy. So dark. You sure you're not from the DC universe? Welcome back to the Media Nerds Podcast. And let's start, let's let's stick with theaters. Let's keep talking about movie theaters just while we're there. Sure. And uh talk about what movies did we watch in the theater this summer. <laughs> Well, that'll be easy. How, how many movies? First of all, how many movies did you watch in the theater this summer? I believe none. <laughs> oh, Solo. Oh, so, oh, so, do, so. Do you include that? I do. Okay, you said you saw Deadpool 2, but I assumed you thought... I guess, is it out now on DVD? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so I Because I saw, saw Deadpool 2 in the theater. I saw Deadpool 2, um, and I, I did quite enjoy it. I did think it was an excellent... Is that the only one? No, no. I saw... Okay, what did I see? Deadpool 2, Infinity War... Uh, Solo, of course. I also saw uh, Hotel Transylvania 3, The Incredibles 2. I didn't see the Teen Titans movie yet, although I, my kids really want to see it, so we've had to kind of hold off on that. But of the ones I saw, I think Deadpool 2 was probably my favorite movie that I saw this summer. It was very, very good. Yeah, I uh, Much better than the first one, in my opinion, and funnier. Um, I loved the, it. The CGI loved was it. a bit much. I didn't think the CGI was great. And I guess we're going to get into spoilers here. I mean, I don't know if we can worry about spoilers. Well, let's say, let's say, well, it just came out on video this week, so people might not have seen it. I just saw it. All right, there was some, there was one big character. Spoiler alert. I don't even say who it is. Death Star alert. Death Star alert. (laughs) Death Star approaching. (laughs) All wings reported. No. Um, the main, like the big villain that was a surprise villain. Did you know that person was going to be in the film? The big, the big guy. Let's call him the big guy. I guessed it partway through the I film. Did too. Actually, I did too. Because um, I, I sort of thought, who the hell? They're waiting. We're waiting for the big reveal. Even Deadpool himself says, "Here's foreshadowing alert." Right, right, right. And uh, and I thought, who could be in there? 
and that was number one on my pick. I thought the CGI on him was not great. It did not look great. Once again, Deadpool calls out the film on CGI battle, too. Right, it does. That's so right. you can kind of forgive it. He there says, were a lot of good the jokes. The best battle. scene in the film is the uh, the parachuting scene, I think, uh, which is yep. just hilarious. Uh, good stuff. Uh, and, Another and, surprise there. We yeah, won't say who that is. Yeah, but yeah, but but uh, the whole scene, not just that one part, but the whole scene was hilarious. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I did, I did quite enjoy. It. I wasn't sure if I was going to. I kind of went on a whim, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I thought, you know, what's his name was good as Cable. All the actors in it were good, and it was a lot of fun. The and, post and post credits uh, stuff was, that was hilarious. Incredible, too. I'd yeah. say incredibly funny. <laughs> That was also very good. So Deadpool 2 was good. Um, uh, the, the Incredibles 2, I thought, was not good. I was quite surprised at how well that movie did and how the critical acclaim. I fell asleep. I didn't fall asleep, but I was close to falling asleep. Wow. And I thought it was just a kind of a retread of the last movie. It was Mr. Mom meets superheroes is what it was because he stayed at home with the kids while the wife goes out to work. Like, that's been done. Mr. Mom did it first and did it better. Um, but uh, I was not thrilled with The Incredibles 2, although my kids were. I, I didn't like this movie so much that I refused to go a second time. Ooh. Like, uh, they wanted to go see it again, and my wife didn't see it the first time with us. So mm-hmm. I said, why don't you take them? You, I, you just, I'll sit this one out. You guys go ahead. Didn't even want to see it. And even I, I mean, I'm a big fan of of the popcorn and all that. Like, I'll go to the mm-hmm. movies just for the popcorn because I like that part of it so much. But I was not willing to sit through another screening of The Incredibles two. I did not like it at all. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, Hotel Transylvania three was awful. It was uh, what you would expect from those films. <laughs> and I'm surprised they keep making these because they're all the same. It's like a series of completely unrelated jokes that half of the half of them fall flat. Oh boy, it's just dumb. It's just a stupid series. Um, and then, of course, Infinity War, which was the big blockbuster of the season, although I think Black Panther has still made more money than, than Infinity War, but that was the big uh, the big one. And uh, we've kind of talked about that before, although you, yeah, you mentioned I, that you watched it on the plane recently. Yeah. And uh, I'll walk back one part. I, I think it's well known how much I dislike that movie, but I'll walk back one little part, and that is the Guardians of the Galaxy Thor stuff. That stuff's good. But but the uh, the battle the oh god like the Th- Thanos speeches the, the Thanos oh. speeches in the final battle are what bother me the most yeah about that. and the fact that it is it is a completely meaningless ending and nobody like I, I guess yeah. in the moment when I first saw it I thought <gasps> but then uh, the minute I was out of the theater I'm like oh well this isn't gonna stick like they've got a they're making the next Spider Man movie yeah is uh, coming out soon so that character didn't die like there's just nothing permanent about what they did and now we're gonna question everything. About the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. Like, do people die? Does it matter? They can be brought back, probably. Like, we don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, they ever, of course, in comic books, that's. That's what, what happens, happens in comic yeah, books, yeah. but it doesn't happen in movies. Usually, if you die in a movie, you're dead. Right. That's usually what it is. Although, the, the rule of thumb is you have to see the body for sure to, to know they're dead. Well, Darth Maul cut in half, falling down the yeah, tube, a, and yeah. then and he's back uh, in solo. That's true. Spoiler alert! I guess everybody knows that already, but uh, but um, I, but you know that it's fan service when that happens. But you know, uh, that's the world we live in—fan service world. Yes, it is. All right, let's move on to Netflix. And what did we watch on Netflix this summer? Oh my uh, God! Do you so have, much. Do you have anything that stands out to you? I mean, I just good have... and bad. By the way, these are not necessarily just good recommendations. They're like things you saw that you would not recommend to other people as well. I have all kinds of stuff from that. I, I, I mean, um, do you want to go first? Yeah, well, for me, this this was the summer of the Netflix original film, and I decided to give more than one original Netflix. They say Netflix original, but in most cases, what these are are films that could not find a distributor. They were, they're already made, 
they're in the can and they're looking for somebody to release them. And uh, that's what Netflix does is kind of swoop in and, and pick up these mostly sci-fi, low-budget movies. And so I watched uh, probably three of them. I started with Extinction, mm-hmm. which was the Michael Pena um, movie, which was, um, you know, interesting. That's it was, the one from Ant-Man. <laughs> yes, that, that's the one from Ant-Man. That's the one from Ant-Man, and he stars in the film, which is a great, nice treat. And he is good, and it's got an interesting twist oh, John, to it. John Pena? Michael Pena. Is that his name? Yeah. See, I can't get, I cannot get that actor straight in my head. So, is that the guy from Ant Man? Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. John pro- Leguizamo starred in the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> I thought it was John Leguizamo and John Pena. No, Michael Pena. So, the, so the, I get them only mixed up because they're Hispanic. Probably. <laughs> that's your, that's your thing. I'm not. Oh my I'm god. Not get into that. Okay. Anyway, so uh, going. Ext- Extinction. It was pretty good. I would say, you know, if you're if you're bored on a Sunday afternoon, and you're looking for a kind of a cool sci-fi movie to watch. That's a good one. The next one I watched on Netflix was called Tau, uh, T-A-U, and this is another one of those original ones. It was a, it, it, You know it's low budget because uh, it, most of the film takes place in one room. It's a bit of a bottle movie, you know? Like, they've got one set. All the interaction happens between, uh, in this case, it's a young woman and a computer. It's about an AI that this guy builds, and he kidnaps people to test something i don't remember what it was now uh but uh he kidnaps these people to test something on their ai on his ai and then it's about this girl befriending the computer and convincing him to turn against his creator not bad but not great it's like a take it or leave it kind of thing and the other one i watched recently was called arc uh and this is the one that stars um two formerly like they're sidekicks in other films. Uh, one of them, the guy's name, I don't. Uh, it's Amel. He's uh, the brother of uh, Steve Amel, who's the the Arrow. Uh, I don't remember his first name. And then the other girl who stars in it is Jessica Jones' uh, best friend in that in that series. And it's this one is kind of a it's a cool it's a bit of a Groundhog Day uh, takeoff. It's about a time loop and reliving the same day over and over again. And this one actually I quite liked. I thought it was really interesting. So of the three, I would definitely recommend Arc. Uh, as being one to watch, it's 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 short, it's to the point. It does it well. You know, there are movies that try to do that Groundhog Day loop, uh, not so well. This one does it well, I think, and uh, and I quite enjoyed it. And then I didn't really watch much in the way of series on Netflix, but those are the movies I tried watching. Okay, I have it on my continue watching list. I tried watching Father of the Year, which was the uh, David Spade. Uh, oh. oh man, is that bad? I I turned it off ten minutes and I could not continue with it just because it looks so bad. It was uh, so bad. I could not keep. It was like Joe Dirt is from Boston. That's really what it is, and I would I couldn't couldn't stand it. So what else? What did you watch on Netflix this summer? Series and movies, or yeah, whatever? everything. Yeah. Oh my God, there's so much. But here's my list. I, I took up your recommendation and watched Lost in Space. Mm, that was good. Uh, Rita, the uh, the it's about school teaching in Denmark, which is loads of fun. El Chapo, uh, which is a series. Um, what a f- Foda, Fauda, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, about a crack Israeli SWAT team, as recommended by the New York Times, and it is awesome. Um, Flint Town, a documentary about cops working in Flint, Michigan. Um, Joel McHale Show. Let's see. The Alienist, which is one of my favorite new shows of the year. I've not watched that one so yet. It's on my good. list for sure. Broad Church. Um, let's keep going here. Marce, Marce, Marcella, W1A. Marcella is a badass crime fighter, 
and uh, it's kind of a disturbing show, but a great show. W1A is like The Office if it took place at BBC, and it stars the dad from Downton Abbey. Oh, cool. It's very good. Arrested Development is terrible. The Staircase documentary, which everybody was watching, is in fact fantastic. Then the foreign films that I mentioned on a previous podcast, The Break, The Mechanism, and Money Heist. And let me just say uh, The Break and The Mechanism are quite good. And Money Heist starts as a, as a we're, hey, we're stealing money, and it ends as the biggest mess I've ever seen of a TV show. <laughs> if you don't think that people can break into a place where they print money and do two seasons in that place, have I got news for you? <laughs> Watch that. Um, then Last Chance University, the new season documentary. Can you believe how many I've watched? Um, let me just see here. Oh, Hinterland, a uh, Welsh crime drama. Oh, my God. So much. And Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> um, so there you go. Oh, and a couple movies. Two, two movies, um, Cargo and Caliber. Oh, how is Cargo? Fine. That stars uh, yeah. uh, uh, Frodo Baggins. Yeah. And... Um, it's a zombie film, is it not? A zombie movie? It's fine. It is a good movie. Okay. It is, it's not incredible. It's a little bleak, but it is good. And Caliber is the one that Stephen King said you need to watch. And it is, uh, it's uh, two guys going, getting in over their heads really fast. <laughs> That's what it's Did about. Did you get a chance to watch Insatiable? Um, let me see. Insatiable. Did I watch it? It's not on my list. What it's, is it? That's a, a newish series. Uh, it's, it's, it's being torn apart by critics. It is about, um, I only watched the first episode and I, I have not moved on. It's not great in my opinion, but the premise of the show is there's this girl who's overweight, teenager girl who's overweight, um, and she gets into a fight and has to have her jaw wired shut, and so she loses a bunch of weight in that few months that she has to have her jaw wired shut and as she loses weight she becomes beautiful she's like a smoking hot <laughs> model type person and then it's about this guy this kind of creepy guy who like who coaches girls in uh beauty pageants and Ooh. he meets her and he becomes he's her lawyer at first because she's being charged with assaulting somebody and then he um he kind of takes her under his wing and, and turns her into this beauty pageant it's weird and it's it's not it makes it really like talking. We're talking about making outdated jokes as far as Me Too goes. There's another thing making outdated jokes as far as body positivity and fat shaming oh, and that kind of stuff goes. Right. And that's what this show does. And it's not funny. It tries to be funny. It reminds me a little bit of Drop Dead Gorgeous. Do you remember that movie back in the day with, um, I don't know, there's a bunch of, it's a 90s film, but it was kind of a clever uh, riff on the beauty pageant industry. Kind of, I guess there was also that Sandra Bullock one, which was more for. For adults, what was the one that she was in? Miss Congeniality. That oh, was, that was right. for like I never a, saw that. But, but yeah. Drop Dead Gorgeous is about teenagers, and this is about teenagers, and it just was a I don't know. A lot of people hate it. I don't think it's going to be back for a second season. It's just not great. Um, the other series I watched here, I have not seen more than a couple episodes, is Disenchantment. Have you watched that one yet? No. The new Matt Groening one. It's pretty funny. I like it. it it's it's weird seeing characters like this again. Obviously, yeah. Futurama and The Simpsons have the same kind of animation style, the Matt Groening animation style. This has that as well um so it kind of seems to me it's like a tv show that the simpsons are watching that's what it feels like but it's still funny it's got some good jokes it's like this fantasy realm of magic and wizards and castles and that kind of stuff so yeah, i would recommend i it. watched it the chance. preview for that yeah, yesterday yeah, yeah and it does it looks really good so that's uh i think that's about all i watched uh, as far as uh new stuff on oh final space i also watched the first episode of final space which is a bit of a, another animated show it's a sci-fi Animated show. By the way, while we're on the subject of, of Netflix, I gotta say I hate this on my laptop. 
there's this new um, feature where you see so you can hear that. Yeah. If you hover over the window, oh. it starts playing something. Yeah. Starts playing the the preview for it. It it's, does it on Apple TV oh now too. Oh my god, you it's can't so annoying. It. I know. Can't, you can't sit there and read the thing because it's sitting there. It's making right. too much noise. I used to. That's right. I used to. Um, keep that screen on when I was doing something else getting ready to watch the show and now you can't do that it just because it just keeps stuff. playing, yeah, playing, it's like, playing keep watching Netflix, yeah. keep watch. don't stop, don't stop watching uh, I also have heard, have you heard about, have you got any of the Netflix advertisements yet? I know, I've heard, I, I maybe it's not in Canada yet but maybe. I've definitely heard people complaining about the fact that Netflix is now showing previews for its other shows in between episodes of a show or something like that, which is just like two steps away from us having advertising on Netflix yeah, that's what the, that's what this is leading up to. People are already mad about right. it, but it's only a matter of time before Netflix starts, you know, throwing Coke ads or or stuff like that in there. Crackle used to do that at the end oh, of was, comedians crackle, and cars. It was so Crackle, it was badly done. Too. It was very badly done. Crackle, like it was an ad supported platform, but the ads would come in like the worst possible spot, like just interrupt yeah. mid line. You would stop and show you and they would show you the same ad a million times because there was nobody yeah. advertising on the platform so you see the same orange juice com- commercial oh, 10 times during horrible. a movie um so yeah i don't know i'm not i don't mind that there's advertisements in between shows i hope they don't do it they I hope they don't bring in commercial breaks like traditional television um i'm okay with them showing ads to me because i you know again i can get up and move go get a drink or go to the bathroom just like i would used to do for regular commercials right you don't have mm-hmm. to watch them uh, what else is on here? What about um, how about non Netflix? Yeah, non Netflix TV. Let's move on to that. What did you watch on TV that wasn't on Netflix? Uh, well, let's just see here. Um, quite a bit too, but let's oh oh HBO. Like let's do that. Barry, uh, Silicon Valley, Last Week Tonight, Westworld. All of those. We never really did talk about Westworld on the podcast. What a did little. you think we did of that a little. season? Uh, let's just see if there's anything. Oh, Succession on HBO. Uh, the Sinner just started up season two I'll on admit, Bravo. I, I cut my HBO subscription the minute that Westworld was done because I didn't want to. I didn't want to get hooked on anything else. I'm like, hey, I don't because I just you know. Oh, I, I get hooked on all of those. I know shows, you do, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I've kind of I always go back and forth on this. But Netflix or sorry, HBO to me. It's like it's it's Westworld, it's Game of Thrones, and that's and and Silicon Valley is a bonus just because it's on at the same time. But yeah. I'm not I'm not paying twenty bucks a month just for John Oliver. That's that's the only other show that I really love. Well, Barry and Succession both had sort of slow building fan bases, and now Barry broke through at the Emmys, and so we're gonna see way more people becoming fans of that show, especially with Henry Winkler. He's so good in that, and um, Succession is one that was sort of a slow burn. Where the first episode is like, I don't know if I like this. It's sort of, it's almost like um, a Rupert Murdoch Empire story where all the kids are scrambling to try to take over the business from. Oh, Dad. I remember seeing the previews for that. Yeah. Yes, yes, that yes. turned out to be a really great, fun show. Who's in like, that? A, a Culkin, isn't a Kieran Culkin in that? Yeah, uh, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, our first Hannibal Lecter, um, Brian Cox. Right, he's uh, so good. Yeah, he's, he's so, so good. good in everything. No, he's so good. Favorite so, anyway. K, favorite Brian Cox um, role for me is in the Long Kiss Goodnight, which is the oh. one with uh, Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he is so funny. I just love him. I love him in that film. But he's he's also good in almost everything he does. The 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 Ring. Remember the Ring? He was in oh, that. Yeah, very good. I think that in terms of in terms of uh, oh, and there's some other great documentaries on HBO. The Robin Williams. I've not watched uh, that yet. No, I forgot about that. Oh, one. Okay. that is really good. Um, Gary Shandling documentary is amazing, 
And um, there's a documentary that was on Showcase on the band XTC, and which is excellent, which you can get on demand now. Okay. But if you subscribe to Shaw, I assume it's there. So great stuff. Did you watch the Sasha Baron Cohen yeah, so, I, I did. Not, did you? No, because I was having trouble with my Crave TV uh, this summer. For some reason, it wasn't working. I just got it working yesterday, and I just started watching. I kind of think, feel like I missed the boat, though. I should have been watching it while it was on, while it was airing, because the conversation, it was always about that show the next day, about what, what he's done. Right. Um. So now I'm watching it going, well, this is, you know, he's got to get into heavy makeup now so people don't recognize him. Yeah. But the makeup is pretty good. Yeah, it is. For the most part. Um. And it's just just funny how like i watched the first episode and there's that opening bit with uh with bernie sanders and you can tell bernie sanders is looking at this guy going what's like he, yeah this he knows he yeah. knows right so it's just funny um but it certainly has started a conversation what he's yeah. done is starting a conversation i think that's the intent of it i think it's really interesting that he's doing that the, i do the shows with the most talk though with the most buzz are the ones where he brings on a republican and makes mincemeat out of them makes well, them look like idiots yes and and the republicans are all jumping up and defending themselves saying i didn't know what yeah. i was doing i wasn't i was but the the it's stuff that even if taking out of context which i'm sure it is still is disturbing yeah like the one guy who's like he says oh we're we're starting a program to teach kids how to use guns like <laughs> who come on who would and ever goes for it? Although yeah. that guy's pretty much an idiot. I've seen yeah. that guy interviewed on other talk well, there, shows. There are people who are begging, like Joe Arpaio, and uh, and we know Sarah Palin's coming up. He hasn't aired that episode. Oh, that's yet. right. Yeah, yeah. To be to be seen, but she got out in front of it. She tried to by saying that she had been on the show and been unaware that it was him. So I think there's a bunch of people. I think everybody's there. unaware that it's him. That's not yeah. the, that's not the difference maker here. Dick Cheney <laughs> signing the waterboarding kit. Yeah, like that yeah. kind of stuff. Like I don't know. I don't know. It seems weird, but it's a it's a cool idea, and I'm I'm glad that he's still finding success doing what he does best. That is what he does best. Yeah. And once he reaches a certain level of fame, he can't do it anymore. Like he can't right. he can't do Borat. He can't do any of those old characters anymore. So he's coming up with new characters and and uh, and doing it. And the thing that allows him to do it is the people running around with all the heavy plastic surgery allows him to wear that makeup because he just looks like a guy who's had plastic surgery. Right, 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 right. Much yeah, of the bo- time. Botox. He looks like a guy with big Botox. So, right. Yeah. So nobody, we live in a world where nobody points that out anymore right. when somebody has a Botox face. <laughs> and so he can walk around in his heavy makeup and nobody ever calls him out on it. It's kind of funny. Other TV shows that I'm watching uh, that continue, I continue to watch, of course, uh, the new season of Preacher, which is, I think, wrapping up this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, is probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen on on TV. Twin Peaks notwithstanding, that that's in a separate mm-hmm. category, but Preacher is truly an insane TV show, and it's hilarious. Oh. And what I love about it is that they throw, like, the two main characters, there's three main characters. One of them is... Uh, um, Obviously, the preacher character, Jesse, uh, there's Tulip, his girlfriend, and there's this character, um, uh, he's Irish, I don't, I might blank on his name, anyway, he's a vampire, and they all have, they all, you tell, love movies, because they pepper movie references throughout the dialogue, and that's something that I love about these characters, but it's just over-the-top crazy, like, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, and the other one, of course, on AMC is Better Call Saul, as you mentioned, which is back. And I've, I'm actually a little bit behind on Better Call Saul. I've only watched the first two episodes. But again, it's very good. Very good. Interesting. Feels like Breaking Bad. Feels like Breaking Bad never ended. Yeah. Yeah, it's and good. The, and particularly the first episode that gives us more Saul flash forward than what we've ever yeah, seen yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was fun. Which is, I'm, I keep wondering, are we... 
is this show going to become is are we going to get a whole show in the flash forward at the I end? I think we might get a whole season in the flash. Forward. Oh, wouldn't that, like that is that too much to hope? For? I don't think so. Cause this, cause the entire premise of the show is that it's all a flashback, right? That he is right. This is, he's living in a post breaking bad world. He is hiding out, working at Cinnabon and that's all in black and white right now. But I think eventually that's going to become color and that is going to become the current. Uh, maybe it would just be one episode. I don't know what they could do with the season, but it's you're a- right. Such a great intro. And certainly uh, the actors that have played in Breaking Bad, uh, um, Brian Cranston and, and, and uh, Jesse and them have said they are up for coming back to the show. They say it's not going to happen this season, but I could see an no. episode in which he sits down to coffee with, with yeah. Walter White and you know something happens or whatever. Well, but, but, but I think if you're going to show us Walter White and Jesse again on, this, on the show, then... Uh, and just leave it hanging. <laughs> just go, well, here's the, the end kind of thing. That's almost too much for people to bear, I think. And then you, basically he w- Vince Gilligan is just setting himself up for demands to bring back the Breaking, breaking well, Bad at the end. The other thing is the end of Breaking Bad was pretty um, – well, we, well, we don't know that he – like it's implied that he died, but we don't know that he died because, again, we didn't we see do him not, actually die. No, we do not see a funeral. We don't right, see a right. body getting – So no. they might not want to close that loop. They might want right. to keep that open-ended. And so I think maybe it's more likely now that I'm thinking about it that we would see Walter White in, a, in the flashback part of the show, not the current yeah. part of the show. But it would still be great. I love it. I love uh, uh, Gus Fring, all the old characters. Mike is so awesome. Mike Urban Trout is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's funny. I was watching this, uh, another Netflix animated show, The Skylanders Academy, which is a, a Netflix original. Um, the actor, Jonathan Banks, does one of the voices of the Skylanders, and it's hilarious because it sounds just like Mike Urban Trout. Oh, that's great. Because so <laughs> I'm like, this is it's Mike. What's going on here? Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, uh, but yeah, th- that's uh, those are those are the two main shows. There's not much else I've been watching over the summer as far as Big Brother is the only real. Oh, and the the Amazing Race Canada. Those are the two reality shows I watch right yeah, now. Yeah, I watch Amazing Race Canada. They're, they're, they're in Winnipeg. They last were in weekend. Winnipeg. Yes, that was fun. You gotta watch when they're in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, I keep looking for. I spend the entire episode looking in the background for people I know. I well, I was like, when did they shoot this? Because you could see everyone's wearing Jets yes, jerseys. Yes. So you're like, it's April. It's got to be in the middle May. of the playoffs. It's got to be in the yeah May the big playoff. It had to be May, I think. Yeah, That's May, cool. right? Because yeah. everyone's got a Jets jersey on. It's like that's not always how it is here. No, it's right. So you could tell you could base the timeline on that. And yeah. I was like, were we going to work then? Could we be like if I would have known that Amazing Race was going to be, be coming down the street. That would be kind of fun. Well, our former students work at the Canadian Museum for Human Rights, which yeah. always seems to be where they go. Yeah. And then they, they can't obviously can't talk about it until the show airs, but then they tweet out. Uh, it was Matthew, that, that one of our former students, who said, I was just outside the shot here, and he tweeted all these images of, here's my desk and stuff. So, yeah. you know, like, and the same thing happened the last time they were here as well. There was a different student who had the same type of a post. Yeah. So it's interesting how, we, yeah, we have no idea that they're here when they're here. How do they keep that quiet? I, I saw something that I thought was Amazing Race related one day. But and I, and I remember post about it? If you saw, if you saw um, what's his name, John, the, the host of yeah. it. You'd know that he Although was he's there. from Manitoba. Well, but so he doesn't he doesn't live here anymore though, so he's Right. That would be you'd know. You'd know it was something was happening. Yeah. I don't know. I saw something and I didn't give it a second thought. All I, those I people in the Legion that were watching the darts, all yeah. those people that were at the uh, forks watching them yeah. do magic. They were in pretty public places in a lot They're of the They're probably time. sworn to not take photos or whatever yeah. if you're gonna be in the scene. I guess probably. So. But I'd still sneak a few. Like I <laughs> I'm surprised nobody's 
nobody ever does that, but oh. it does spoil it though. It does if of you course. know who's on the show at a certain point. Yeah, then that would spoil. But it's it, been right? fun. I, I mean, I, I do enjoy that show, and uh, you know, that's kind of there's a lot of like crappy summer reality TV out there. And oh yeah, those are two shows that I quite enjoy. Big Brother as well has been pretty good this season. Um, what about books? Have you been reading any interesting yeah. books this summer? I got a pile. Like one, okay. I got one sitting right in front front of me called Sense of Style by Stephen Pinker on um on how to write and i love it it's uh it's one of the best books on the topic but i think it's better for teachers than it is for students is how i've been uh advertising it because it's so it's a very dense book like dense in the sense of lots of good information not dense in the sense stupid, of stupid. <laughs> um then i read a book by derek taylor called as time goes by derek taylor was the former press agent for the beatles okay and is dead so it's a book he wrote uh, after the fact, um, after he was with the Beatles, and uh, it's it's uh, enjoyable. Ken Aletta, uh wrote a book called Frenemies about the advertising business, and that was really good. I read um, Digital Marketing Analytics and Small Data, two books, and both of those are among the best books about modern-day advertising that I've ever read. So I had, like, a really good summer of reading about advertising and data. Yeah, you're the. I yeah. know you're the nonfiction guy. You don't really read a lot of fiction. It's, I have one on tap, but it's it's rare that I read it. I read – I do read fiction if I do read anything. And for me, this was the summer of The Expanse, and I'm – Desperately trying to, and I, I have lots of time because I know the next season of this show is not coming until next year on Amazon, but I uh, finished the seasons, finished the three seasons of The Expanse, and then started reading the books. And the first mm -hmm. three seasons mirror the first three books of the series. Mm -hmm. So I took them out. Again, these are in high demand on the, in the library. Uh, uh, put them, putting them on a hold, it takes weeks for you to actually get the book. And I was just telling you before we started recording that I have one of the books and uh, I keep getting notifications that is late because I can't renew it because somebody else wants it. So I'm keeping it until I finish it. Uh, and I'm almost done. But I have to say these books are excellent. Um, many people are comparing The Expanse to a Game of Thrones in space. And it, it, I wouldn't say it's that, it's that exactly. Game of Thrones is so much bigger budget than The Expanse. The Expanse is a low budget show, but they do really well with the budget they have. Um, but the books, I'm, I'm like reading the books and, and thinking this is an excellent adaptation of a book series. The choices they are making are good choices in order to, uh, to change the narrative. Like for example, the book, uh, each chapter, it just switches viewpoints for the different characters. So one chapter is one person, the next chapter is a different person and it goes back and forth. Whereas the show doesn't do that. You can't really do that on a TV show, right? You have to show all the people have done it before. The walking dead is famous for that actually. But um, this one, it just it introduces all the characters at once, and it, it, the narrative flows a lot better. They're creating new characters. They're cutting out different parts. There's a part of uh, of the book I don't want to give it too much. There's a part of the book that involves the zombies, mm -hmm. and they, there there are no zombies in the TV show, so they've just decided to cut that entire part. And I think that's a good decision. I think we're getting too many zombies yeah, now. Okay. And uh, so, but when the books were written. Uh, a few years back, zombies are all the rage. So I don't. It doesn't surprise me that they're in the book, um, but I'm really, really enjoying these. They're just great. And I honestly, I would recommend watching the show first before you read the books because I just, I just enjoy the show and I think it's a good, it's a good thing to watch. And then you can read the books and see what they did to change it. But those are the two books. They're big books too. They're huge uh, that I've read over the summer with those two, um, those two expanse novels. And that's pretty been pretty much been it wow. for me. So. Well, and it's hard. I mean, already our list of media is massive. So you see, like, 
How about podcasts? Uh, I, I, want, I listened to Inside Jaws. That was the main new podcast I listened to, which tells the story of, and I, it was recommended by Chris Schiffman a few episodes ago, and I have to say it was okay, but it did not tell, it, any, any new information that I have, it did not expand on it enough. So I know the story about Jaws. I know how Steven Spielberg went through hell to get that movie made. You know, I've watched all the behind-the-scenes documentaries. It had all that. It also had the story of these shark attacks in 1916 in New Jersey that kind of inspired the whole thing, I think, uh, which was all – it was interesting. That part of it was interesting because it was like almost like an audio, audio drama. They were, like, retelling the story. Um, but there are some tidbits in there. For example, you probably heard about this, but Joe Hill – do you know who Joe Hill is? Son, son of Stephen King. Okay, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. His, his, He doesn't say King because he doesn't right. want to be like his, known for – but he's an author as well, an author in his own right. And he he went to see Jaws in the theater a couple years ago for the 40th anniversary, and he put together in his head that one of the extras in Jaws was the victim of a murder that same summer that they're filming in the same area. And so he's kind of started this thing on his blog where he's wondering – it was an unsolved – it's always been an unsolved murder. It's a cold case. They don't know who this girl is. She was found on the beach – you know, a few miles away from where they're shooting Jaws, and she's clearly in a scene, the ferry scene, when all the people are unloading from the ferry to go to the island. She's clearly there. And so he's kind of started this new thing. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's not something I didn't know about, but they didn't get into it. I had to actually look it up myself after the podcast. Hmm. So it's okay. It's also too short. It's only like seven episodes. They could have done They could have done way more. Hmm. They skim over parts. I don't, I don't know. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't a great. It was okay, but not great. Sorry, my, my computer's making noise here. Yeah, it's beeping. You, must be, you must be hovering on I'm, Netflix. I must. <laughs> what about you? What podcast did you um, listen to? Two new ones. Uh, Seth Godin's podcast is called Akimbo. I think I've mentioned that once before yes. on the podcast. And that is basically marketing psychology. And um, Andy Kindler, one of my favorite comics, has a show called Test Show. And uh, he uh, he's continuing it. But he essentially was... Um, what do you want to call it? He was getting stressed out about having to give his speech at the Montreal Just for Last Festival, which he does every year. He delivers a State of the Union. And so basically the podcast was him getting ready for it and being stressed out about it and then uh, ultimately telling us all how it went. So it's a funny show. It's a funny sort of laid-back conversational comedian show, and I quite enjoy it. So those are the two new ones. I just remembered I started listening to another one uh, recently called The Anthropocene Reviewed. And this is a, a podcast by John Green, who is one half of the Vlogbrothers. He's also the author of The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns and many, yeah. many young adult novels. Um, but he is – I've always known him as being a YouTuber. They've been making videos for probably about 12 years now on YouTube. And they do a podcast together, Hank and John, uh, the two vlog brothers, and they do a podcast called Dear Hank and John, which I've been listening to for a long time. But then John recently started his own podcast called The Anthropocene Reviewed, in which he reviews things that the Anthropocene is the current geological age that we're in. So usually things it's the age of man, the age of humans, right? Uh -huh. So he reviews things having to do with the age of humans. For example, in the first episode, he reviews, and he gives them a five-star rating. Everything gets a rating out of five stars. He reviews the Canada Goose and Die Dr. Pepper. Those are the two things he does in the first episode, huh. and it's really funny and interesting and educational as well. And uh, they're only they're short episodes, like twenty minutes, thirty minutes long, but they're fun. So I would definitely recommend that if you like the Vlog Brothers, or you like kind of fun 
clever uh, highbrow humor, I guess you could call it, like educational humor. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny, so check that one out as well. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, video games? Oh, what did I play for video games? I don't know that I played a lot. I mean, the one in my house, uh, Fortnite is still dominating in the house. Um, and... What's the other one they're playing? Uh, Roblox is still around. There's nothing, no, nothing new for video games, really. Mm. Those are the ones. Like Roblox and Fortnite are my kids, like, and I play it with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have not played anything new as far as video games go. I what picked, do- I picked up um, Witcher Three. Oh, okay. Which everybody loves, and I read it. I saw it at the top of an open world best open world games, which are among my favorites. So I picked it up. I figure I had the summer, and it's probably the biggest game that uh, i've ever played it's a monster bigger than it skyrim is, it's it's massive okay. like it, in, definitely like in the same zone as that where you're just like oh my god like if you play it for 15 minutes a day you'll be done in two years kind of thing <laughs> so you're kind of like how am i ever gonna finish this thing but the guy the guy at uh, GameStop, um i was like so is this as good as people say and he's like, and he answered with, I'm Romanian, so I like hunting monsters by definition, he said. And uh, I was like, I know. And I was like, well, this must makes... be the nerdiest thing I've ever yes, heard. I know. So I stuck a stake through his heart. And I'm just kidding. And I stole the game. <laughs> um, but he, um, so I got the game for 35 bucks used. And it's like the best deal in town because the game will never end. It never ends. I don't think, I don't think it ever ends, but it's re it is an awesome game. I only have one beef and that is there's too much, you know, when you buy an action or game where you want to ride around and see the open world, but that as soon as you stop and talk to someone, the dialogue goes forever. Okay. It has that. Problem. Yeah. Okay. The dialogue, there's too much talking. <laughs> gab, 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 gab. But however, that said, it's amazing. It's a feat. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they built a game that big. Well, I should, uh, I've been trying to, you know, we're trying to ease out on the video games right now because yeah. the kids are getting ready for back to school. So we're trying to cut that down. Yeah. They've kind of had the summer to go crazy with it. Um, so I've not, again, I'll probably closer to the Christmas time. I'll get into the new, newer stuff. But Well, if you want to borrow Witcher 3. Uh... I'm still working on Skyrim. You lent me that a couple of years ago, and I still haven't got, even gotten close to finishing that. So, yes. yeah, there's a lot going on. That was a great game, too, it Skyrim. Is. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about that we watch? We're not going to do recommendations so because... Much. We just recommended or not didn't recommend a bunch of stuff, but it was a good summer overall. I think we had. Oh, some it's fun. always a great summer. Yeah. I, I actually I can tease this for a future podcast. I've made a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Perfect. I've made a list of ten of the most irritating phrases and expressions that I heard over the summer, oh. online and in person. And I think we need to have a podcast where we parse them out and decide. What is the most irritating of all these words and phrases? I agree. And I, in fact, I was also thinking that we might want to do a new segment, a weekly segment in, in like, you know what grinds my gears, that kind of a thing. What's our beef? What's our beef? Or is it, we'll come up with a better name. Yeah. But we're, Beefs and bouquets. No, not, no bouquets. <laughs> I don't want any bouquets. Um, where we just talk about things that, that piss us off. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show that we're going to be making some changes to the podcast. The only real change this year, and we'll see how it goes, is that we are going to be uh, going to a bi-weekly format for this podcast. So we're only yeah. going to record one episode of, we do, of course, two, two podcasts. We have Media Nerds and Star Wars Nerds. So we're going to do uh, one episode every other week. Right. So we can we can concentrate on the quality well, instead of hammering out two in a that, row and that, getting and tired. That, and I know yeah. for a fact that you sometimes you come in here right out of a class and you're like, boom, in, sit down, talk about something, and you're back out into another class. Oh, yeah. So it's very difficult to schedule around. And this year, our schedules are particularly difficult. So we're doing one episode. So, so you know, 
Stay yeah. with us. Don't unsubscribe. Um, I noticed you're beginning of the day schedule guy, and I'm end of the yes, day. Yes, that's right. And it doesn't guy. work. That screws if, up that everybody. That doesn't work yeah. if we want to do a podcast together. So next week, we will have a new episode of Star Wars Nerds, and the following a new episode of Media Nerds, and so on and so forth. And we'll start the Star Wars nerds with maybe a commentary on Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, on The Last Jedi. And, of course, that, that, that being said, that um, I'm running the music for too long. It's going to uh, run out. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to run out. But uh, the um, if there is something breaking, new trailers or new something, we will do bonus episodes. Yeah, well. oh, of course. That will still happen. Of course. All right. Welcome back, Kenton. Welcome back to you, Dan. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you in the ass.